he didn't Julia Roberts his way out of the 90s. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Style Guide podcast with your host Dave Morris and Stephen. Or how are you doing today, Stevo? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How about yourself, Dave? I am fantastic. I'm actually uh, uh, very much looking forward to today's podcast because it's something a little different. It, it is something a little different. Something uh, I think radical is the wrong word by an entire decade, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think radical is actually perfectly fitting considering uh, the decade we're going back to in today's podcast. That's true. It's true. I might also say that it's off the chain. Oh, uh, that <laughs> is not fitting because I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was alive and well and uh, and watching movies in the decade we're about to cover, which is, of course, the 90s. And that is the 1990s, just to The be 1990s, yeah. We're not going back to the 1890s films like uh, Train going towards the camera or other films like that. <laughs> um, Man, that was my favorite, favorite film. So, uh, but we are talking about the 1990s, which is, uh, which is strange for us as a podcast because normally we do, you know, uh, auteurs or we do a specific film or we do a genre, a style or, or, or a book or, or something. But this time we're doing... We're doing a whole decade in one podcast. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Try and try and understand the quintessential '90s film, I suppose. Yeah, or you know, I'm just interested in talking to you about the '90s and what the heck they were about. Yeah, well, and and this is the thing: like the '90s is is the decade where I really grew up in. For you, you started to grow up in the '80s, I guess. Later. Barely, yeah. barely. I was, uh, I was. All of my teenage years were in the nineties. Right. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't have that experience quite. My my teenage years came later, but I still, a lot of these nineties movies were an important part of my childhood. So, and this is somewhere where I think the like the like uh, the what the like six seven year difference between us, yeah, is really going to show. Because some of the movies that I remember from the 90s, you would not have watched until well after they came out. Yes. And some of them that I despised, you might have been at an age when you liked them. Like Star Wars Episode One. I wasn't going to bring it up right away, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Star Wars Episode One, which was a 90s movie. Uh, so I think we're going to be looking at the 90s most likely through films. But maybe a little bit through history uh, and and politics of the era and how that may have played into some of the films and what we were going through uh, in those times. And maybe even a little bit of uh, other cultural elements of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the for, for me, the, the 90s is easy to think about conceptually as a, a film decade. It's harder almost to think about it as a television decade. Like, I know that I could do it probably, but the 90s in film just connects uh, as an idea. So, and I, I, novels in the 90s, that's, my brain is not prepared to, to make that leap. Yeah, I was not much of a reader as a teenager. So I think the only novels from the 90s I can even bring up is Harry Potter, which I think came out in the 90s at some point. Yeah, maybe the first couple of books were in the 90s. Now that I think of it, weird. 
Yeah, I can definitely talk about video games of the 90s, but all of that is just like, I don't know any of the dates of when things came out. All I know is what I played when I was a teenager, so I can tell you for sure that PlayStation was around in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, so we'll try and stick to movies. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably look at it through movies, maybe certain Nokia cell phones, <laughs> <laughs> which everyone had, or pagers. I had a pager in the 90s. I had a pager in the 2000s. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's that's shocking. <laughs> yeah, it felt late. It felt late for me. Uh, anyway, so the 90s were a, a, a great and horrible time. They were. They were. So where do you where do you want to start with this? It's it's hard to. Well, when I was thinking about the 90s, I was trying to think like, what are what is like, what do the 90s do in cinema that other decades did not do quite as well is what I was trying to, to think, figure out. Yeah. Uh, so that, like, what can we say is the, like, this is what the 90s was known for as a, a cinema decade. And I think it was very difficult to really find a, a th common thread when I was looking at all of these films. But the first thing that came to my mind was the height of romantic comedies. Uh. And I'm not sure if that's a valid statement. But looking back, it's like that was, and maybe I'm wrong on a couple of these films, but that was like You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, that kind of Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan uh, movies, those were in the 90s, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pretty Woman was also the beginning of the 90s. So yeah. We, so you're you're right to to point to this this very heavy influence of the the romance romance comedy genre. Yeah, and I and I know it existed in the 80s. Oh yeah, and it was around. You know, like when did when Harry Met Sally come out? Was that a '90s film as well? I feel like when Harry Met Sally was just at the end of the '80s. Really? Wow, that's an '80s movie. Maybe not. Oh. Yeah, you are totally right. When Harry Met Sally was a 1989 film. Yeah. So when Harry Met Sally, then I guess to me was like, aha, the romantic comedy is a brilliant genre, and then the '90s just carried that forward. Because, like, that was, like, to me, I, I think of lots of, and, and then, like, those sort of, like, teen um, teen romantic comedies, like, uh, She's All That, mm -hmm. I think is what it was called. And those movies where, like, high school guys take a girl with glasses and make her really beautiful, like, those were 90s films. <laughs> <laughs> they really, really were. <laughs> yeah, and so that romantic comedy, that was the first thing that came to my head. I don't know how valid it is. What do you think? No, I, I think that that's absolutely right. And, um... I mean, in in some ways, that there's a degree to which that kind of makes sense as the the film the genre kind of became sexier, right? Or not the genre as the medium became sexier, right? Like we we moved to more and more uh, film stars who who we could really tell were attractive men and women, and and so there was a sexualization going on, and I think that that's kind of that ties into the rom com element. Which, I mean, I guess kind of raises questions as why someone like Billy Crystal was, you know, in, in rom-coms. But, you know, it, 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 does, uh, it does fit. Yeah, that, that was just like the first thought I had. Yeah. Was what a romantic comedy decade the 90s was. So, like, it was the height of that genre. And I think now it's, I mean, the genre is never going to go away. But, no. But, like, they perfected it in the 90s is, is what I kind of thought of. Yeah. For, for me, when I think about the 90s and and you've already pointed this out a little bit but it's it's where we see teenagers really come into their own uh in, on the big screen what do you mean by that well it i 
I, I'm sure that there were movies about teenagers and the teenage experience prior to the... I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure John Hughes would tell you all about that. Yeah, but John Hughes is... There, there's something very different about John Hughes than something like uh, Clueless or Empire Records. Yeah, Empire Records. I totally was like 90s movies. I think of Empire Records. I don't know how many people do, but I totally do. <laughs> yeah, or something like Dazed and Confused, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and so it's like John Hughes's teenagers are... They, fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. They're much more fantasy. And and what we see with things like Clueless or or things like uh, Dazed and Confused is a version of the teenager that is almost grittier, I would say, or or has has a, a different kind of honesty to it. And and so it seems like a very different kind of teenager than we got out of John Hughes. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think John Hughes teenagers were were always a little more idealist, I, I, ideal teenage life. Like, um, like Ferris Bueller was not a normal teenager. Yeah. So it was like, if oh, how cool it would be to be such a cool teenager. But yeah, the '90s. I mean, Clueless. I don't know if that's the greatest example of this this kind of feel because Clueless was like a bunch of rich Beverly Hills teenagers, so it was kind of fantasy. But um, but Days and Confused Empire Records were totally like real normal teenagers in the '90s, with no superpowers and nothing special about them, and no uh, no capabilities beyond our own. They would do drugs. They would they would uh, they would throw bowling balls at cars. Like you know things we did as teenagers. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I guess it's it's that version of teenagers that i always think about when i think about the 90s mm. and it seems like there's a direct sort of link between those sorts of teenagers we see and then the the kind of later the later movies that we get out of like the matrix and and the terminator stuff where terminator 2 i guess where where it's just a a darker world that we're starting to move into in cinema or Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So, uh, what else? Did, what did you think of when you thought of the '90s first? Other than teenagers? Oh, so you thought of teenagers? I thought of romantic comedies. It was then they both kind of came together in that romantic comedy teenager thing I mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is always a strange genre to me because the teenage romantic comedy. Like, I, I have a hard time buying the romantic comedy genre anyway. Mm-hmm. But the teenage romantic comedy one seems just absolutely insane because. We know that they're not even people yet. Like, like they don't they don't have the life experiences to say I'm. This is the relationship forever. Yeah. And and so we and, and yet we we bought into those fictions with the teenage romantic comedies. So. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because so here's here's another thing I thought of when I was trying to think figure out like what is the nineties. Hmm. Is the '90s has in it some of not only like my personal favorite films but some of the greatest films that have been made in the last 50 years came out of the 90s. But so did some of the worst movies of the world in the world. So something weird happened in the 90s where we just went to both extremes. Well, the, the 90s, and, and part of this is uh, I didn't experience it, so it's just a, a guess, but I, I wonder if that was just an explosion of cinema where the the art form had just become huge 
Well, like, yeah, like, you know, like the 80s was was that kind of explosion of pop stars, mm-hmm. you know, where, where music was finally had finally taken over and MTV became this big deal. And like, um, like, you know, Bowie and Prince were around like in their like just busting out like huge, super famous um, pop star sort of feel um, and fandom over music. And the 90s uh, and the 80s movies were all still kind of like cheesy. And but it was the '90s, I think, yeah, where we exploded into Hollywood blockbusters. Like the maybe the, I think the term blockbuster, I'm gonna guess, is a '90s term. It it seems like it. It seems like it. Yeah. Well, and it's not until I mean we we get Tom Cruise say in the late '80s, but he he really starts just pumping out movies in the '90s. And Tom Cruise is one of when I think of just like iconic actors. Tom Cruise is one of them who just continues like he it feels like he rode the train of of movie popularity all the way through the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so like if I'm trying to pinpoint the kind of the moment where where it became big, the 90s seems to make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, the, now this is also where we get the other the other actor that I think about when I think about the nineties, and I don't know if there's a more nineties actor than this person, but Polly Shore. Cruise? Oh Polly Shore. Polly Shore. <laughs> Polly Sh- <laughs> Yeah, no, the Polly Shore was was uh was a nineties guy. I yeah. remember liking him. I so I watched Biodome probably twenty times. Like that that movie was for some reason really important to a young version of me and i i can't explain why but i mean Polly shore has never made a good movie i don't think like encino man he was in a goofy movie as it turns out encino man was a really good movie eh. it was it was the it's the only Polly shore movie that was actually good in my <laughs> 1990s life that i lived through because then we had son-in-law and like uh, what was that stupid one where he was in the army? Uh, and, oh yeah, and like jury duty and yeah. biodome. Oh, yeah. uh, what the, else did he do? The one where he was in the army. It's called In the Army Now. There we go. Yeah, In the <laughs> Army Now with Polly Shore. Um, but like, yeah, all these movies that were like like classic comedy movies, uh, all like in a row. And it was just Encino Man was great. And then they were like, let's make him the lead of movies. And it was like, uh. Maybe we shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, but I I can't help but think about about him and Biodome in in that like such a, a wonderful stupid premise where you know two stoner teenagers end up trapped in a you know for a year in a you know biological with a bunch of scientists. Yeah, yeah. it's just I the the premise is so dumb and it works it somehow works in a nineties comedy. Yeah. Well, so I'm glad you brought up Polly Shore because because I my mind did not go right to Polly Shore, but my mind did go to other ridiculous comedian actors. Uh, namely, the '90s was the rise of Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. It was it was the Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, uh, Wedding Singer, all like the, the Big Daddy. I think uh, it was in there. Yeah, Big Daddy was just at the cusp, but like it was the rise of the Adam Sandler movie which we've still we're still suffering through today but 
in the 90s, it was it fit with the kind of uh, of comedies that were coming out. Like, I mean, if you imagine Billy, uh, Polly Shore, and then you see Adam Sandler, and Adam Sandler is like a souped up, slightly more polished and better version of Polly Shore. That, yeah, it feels like Adam Adam Sandler is is the professional version of Polly Shore. Sure, yeah, he's Polly Shore in a shirt and tie. Yeah, um. <laughs> which is a dumb thing to say about Adam Sandler, but it, I think it fits. Yeah, but it totally, it's so, it was totally where my mind went was like, that was Adam Sandler's decade. Uh, but, it, and also, you know who others, de- who else's decade it was? Who's that? Can you guess? Um, Can, great Canadian comedian? Great Canadian comedian? No. Well, I mean, technically Canadian. <laughs> Okay. Who you're Mike about? Myers. Mike, Mike Myers, Myers. Yeah. It was also the rise of Mike Myers. It was the, and it was like what I consider to be the better Mike Myers, the the Wayne's World Mike Myers, and the How How I Married an Axe Murderer Mike Myers, or is it How I Married an Axe Murderer? What's it called? Some 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 about marrying an axe murderer. Yeah. So I married an axe murderer. Um, and then it ended off with the Austin Powers, the first one, which then led into a whole series of terrible films. Well, and it also led into Shrek, too. Like, Shrek gets into the 2000s, but there's... Mike Myers is, I think, you're such a perfect example there because he, he has so many hits along the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, very much like Adam Sandler, but I, I... You know what? Even though I'm not a huge Mike Myers fan, I will always choose a Mike Myers film over an Adam Sandler unless it's Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, sure. I mean, both of them ended up playing... Getting into roles that were much more... Um, yeah acting um but um but yeah that decade was the height of their kind of comedy so that is that is like the Polly Shore Adam Sandler Mike Myers I'm sure we're missing somebody uh like Chris Farley I assume I assume was in the 90s uh with uh with like um what was that one uh Black Sheep yeah yeah um Bever- uh, Beverly Hills Cop Beverly Hills Ninja Ninja yeah. Yeah. yeah, Beverly Hills Ninja. Beverly Hills Cop is a very different movie from the 80s with Eddie Murphy. When we talk about the 80s, we can talk about that movie. But yeah, so it was this rise of this like very 90s kind of comedy that now when I watch, I can't, I, I can't watch anymore. And and that's the thing. Most of those comedies, uh, that style of comedy, they just don't hold up. Yeah, it aged so poorly. Yeah. And that is like the, that is where it's like 90s comedy was like, loud very obvious and obnoxious and like uh making sex references and and making fat jokes and and all these kind of like like so cliched terrible comedy that i mean let's be honest people still do it today and they still laugh at it a lot but the 90s was like that was the height of comedy (laughs) absolutely it absolutely was was jackie chan around that period like his his americanization uh, I feel like Jackie Chan uh, was around in the 80s, and I know this, or in the 90s, and I know this because I was there, but I'm pretty sure the only Jackie Chan movie I remember from the ni- from the 90s is like Rumble in the Bronx, because I okay. went and saw it in the theaters. Yeah, you did. But looking back on this, uh, on his, I got his thing right here. Okay, you, so it is, that is where we got uh, Rush Hour in 98 with him and Chris Tucker. Mm-hmm. Which Chris Tucker? Oh, Chris Tucker! You, you're also one of those terrible actors who made a career out of crappy jokes. Yeah, sorry. I, Jackie Chan is one that that I, for some reason, just put in the '90s for no reason. 
No, I think you're. I think you're actually very right. Looking at these movies, you had a lot of great films that came out in the '90s. How many of them were were like hits in America? Though I have no the, idea. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. I I went through a phase where I watched a ton of Jackie Chan and a lot of martial arts movies, and so all of that kind of blurs together for me. Yeah, but 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 yeah, the the that terrible comedy genre that there are. I mean, comedy in general is one of those genres where I don't find there's a lot of them that I would put at kind of the height of cinema or even films that I would return to regularly. Mm-hmm. Just I'm that's that's not my my style. But at the same time, in the 90s, we did get a couple of those really iconic comedies. We got things Such as? like Office Space, for example. Oh, that's true. Office Space was a 90s movie. Yeah, it was... Probably the best comedy of the '90s. I don't know, but it, it it it's one of those ones that really sticks out as a as a '90s film, and that's also I think where we got the American Pie series beginning, right? Oh yeah, we definitely would have. Yeah, oh. yeah, definitely. That's that kind of '90s comedy. Um, yeah, you're right. We did get those, uh, and that is like a. Uh, um, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Like I'm like yeah those are like American Pie I'm like ugh yeah I didn't I didn't even like it in the 90s no but Office Space I think yeah that is a long lasting comedy I think it's hit home with so many people who work in offices that even today people who work in offices can watch that movie and understand the exact feeling of smashing the fax machine in in some ways what it does is it connects to someone like uh, Mamet. In, in that like it it's it's showing a working class white white collarish life in a way that we you you don't necessarily understand not living in it but you can really appreciate how true it seems to be to speak to that kind of person in that kind of life mm-hmm. yeah which is why it's still watched and adored today yeah mm-hmm Wow, nice. So yeah, it wasn't only the golden age for um, those kind of comedies. But if I'm not mistaken, it was like the golden age for Disney. Yeah, I guess it would have been. Uh, That's we get Beauty and the Beast at the beginning of all that, don't we? Do they call they they call it the golden age? What do they call it? That that like like um, the Beauty and the Beast, the Aladdin, the Little Mermaid, the Lion King. Yeah, that's that's the golden age of Disney. Yeah, and that was the '90s, right? I mean, Little Mermaid might have been just at the tail end of the '80s. Now that I think about it, I can't I can't remember the date. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, yeah, Little Mermaid was '89. Yeah, so Little Mermaid started it off in the late '80s, similar to Harry Met Sally kicking off the the um, romantic comedy rise. But but that was like Disney's golden age, and that was the Disney that I sort of was growing up with. Yeah. So when I like like I lucked out. And Pinocchio and what whatever like Snow White and all that were like the old Disney movies, the classic Disney movies. Mm-hmm. But the Disney movies that were coming out in theaters were like the best Disney had ever put out. The, yeah, Un- until Pocahontas. Until Pocahontas, I will still fight for the greatness of Mulan, but that's oh. that's a personal decision. No, you are right. Mulan was great, but it, it was it, they'd already missed by the time they got there. Yeah. Because yeah. Mulan was late 90s, right? It was, yeah. yeah, yeah so right like, towards the end. They'd already had Pocahontas and uh, was there another one in between Pocahontas and 
Um, they had Hunchback, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame, which was, you know, uh, it was okay. The bad guy was good, but the movie was perfect. Yeah, it was a paint by numbers Disney. But you're right, this is this really, um, oh, okay, so apparently this is not the golden age, this is the renaissance. The golden age, the golden age is Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, but the, the renaissance is, starts with Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Okay. okay, cool. It starts with Beauty and the Beast. When was Beauty and the Beast? Uh, a, or no, sorry, you're right. It starts with Little Mermaid, and then Rescuers, then Beauty and the Beast. That's what it is. Not the Rescuers. It was the Rescuers down under. <laughs> the Rescuers was the first one, which was okay. But the Rescuers down under was the second one, which was really good, where they go to Australia. It's really fun. <laughs> we will do an entire uh, episode dedicated to the Renaissance, so you can talk all about how you love the Rescuers down under. Thank you very much. Thank you. But yeah, so it goes from Little Mermaid to Lion King, basically. Although they consider all the way up to Tarzan, which I think is wrong. <laughs> great soundtrack, though. Great soundtrack. Go oh, yeah. Tarzan was awesome. The drums alone were so cool. Um, anyway, but, sorry. But, but but yeah, that that uh, that animated kids movie, we we saw some great stuff out of Disney there, and it it was definitely them making the best films they had yet. Yeah, it's almost where like like the 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 classic Hollywood style beat sheet had come fully into formation in the nineties, because like Disney movies were just hitting it perfect, just boom, they were batting like every everything they released was a hit. Um, and it was also when um, Toy Story came out. And that's when Toy Story came out. That's where we, we get the beginning of Pixar, which ends up being such an important uh, moment for the animated film. Yeah, and now that I'm world. looking at the dates on these Disney films, it's amazing. It's almost like a perfect handoff of the torch because it was like after The Lion King, 1994, Toy Story, and I know for a fact, came out in 1995, uh, and that's when Pocahontas came out. <laughs> So it was like, so many great Disney movies, and then Toy Story, and then we'll just take over. Pixar will just take over from there. And Pixar, I don't think, had a miss until Cars 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so Disney had its golden age, and Pixar had its start all in the 90s. Like, the 90s were a great time for animated features. Yeah, well, and that's where we got uh, child child sensation Macaulay Culkin as well in the 90s. <laughs> that's true, yeah. That's, yeah, that's where Home Alone. And, uh, and he managed to stay there, too. No, have you seen him in in recent years? Yeah, he stayed in the nineties. He is terrifying to look at. Like he, he is really. He should have stayed in the nineties. Yeah, I like he, to think well, of he, him as dying in the nineties. <laughs> when I look at him, I think he is becoming the villains in the Home Alone movies. Oh like that's, wow! <laughs> yeah, he he's becoming the the Marv whatever his name is uh, uh-huh. character. He didn't just a crazy old man. He didn't Julia Roberts his way out of the nineties. He. Uh, <laughs> he, he Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, I think that's that's the term. Macaulay Culkining your way out of the nineties. Maybe even Drew Barrymoreing, but she's done okay. Yeah. So the nineties had some uh, some wonderful time for animated films, but there were okay. So as I said at the beginning, some of my favorite movies came out of the nineties. Like some of the, like what I consider almost like the best movies of all time came out of the nineties. But so did the worst. Yeah. And I want to bring up a few of the worst movies. Do it up. Because there was a. I don't know what it was but there, or what started it, but there was something about turning video games into movies. Ah, uh, yes. And I don't know which came first. I can't remember. I don't have the order. But I remember that I, re- I think I'm going to guess it was Mortal Kombat that came first. 
Okay, you're going to... Wait, you're, just before you say anything that's going to ruin no, our no, friendship. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Okay. Because okay. Mortal Kombat came first, and it was good. Okay? <laughs> Mortal Kombat was a wonderful interpretation of that video game, especially because they had, uh, what's his name, Chris Lambert uh, playing uh, playing Raiden. Yep. There can be only one. Um, and he was great. Um, and then, uh, what's her name? Who is also in ha- in uh, in Billy Madison um, played Sonya Blade. Yeah, I remember when she was in Billy Madison. We were like, "Oh, Sonya Blade's in Billy Madison." But yeah, so like that movie came out, and it was it was a decent movie. I'm pretty sure if I try and rewatch it, it's terrible, but it was a decent movie. Uh, and then they decided to do Street Fighter. Oh, I forgot about Street Fighter with Jean Claude Van Damme, which I'm think was i want to say jean-claude van damme had a good 90s but i'm pretty sure the 90s was where he crashed and burned yeah but he started out good but that was like the late 80s when it was like blood sport and kickboxer and stuff um but yeah so like they they came out with street fighter and then who whoever it was decided that super mario brothers would be a good movie and made that horrible 90s super mario brothers movie with the weird boots and and bowser was like a dude and like it was just it was it was a bad time for video game movies. It was a terrible time for, for video game movies. And in some ways, I'm not sure if there's something more 90s than terrible video game movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's it's as video games are becoming not mainstream, but popular enough to justify films. Because, I mean, it's still it, it was definitely not at the point where playing on your Super Nintendo was a cool thing to do uh, if you were older than say 30 no definitely not yeah but 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 it was popular Mm -hmm. and and you're you're right except the the best part is this order you've got is totally wrong so we actually started with super mario in 93 oh my goodness why did they keep going then (laughs) then we had street fighter in 94 and then it was mortal kombat in 95 where they had their, their they had a decent movie so okay so i was guessing mortal kombat came first because why would they keep making video game movies after <laughs> super mario brothers but apparently they made a terrible one and they were like we can make this better and then they tried again and they're like we can make this better and then finally got one <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's such a, a funny genre in a lot of ways that that was trying to to be ahead of its time because like Video games were were something that kids did. Like yeah, I don't. It was a kids thing in, in back then for sure, or maybe a teenager thing. Teenagers. Yeah, maybe even a teenager thing. But the the three movies that they like the big movies they made, those were not kids movies. They were not designed for a young audience. Like Super Mario is is a nightmare machine. It is. It takes everything that is kind of fun and whimsical about the the Super Mario world and makes it disgusting and horrible and terrifying and it's just like I can't imagine that anyone ever said this is the kind of movie that we should be throwing in front of kids yeah. and then on top of that they add Bob Hoskins and John John Leguizamo who <laughs> and and Dennis Hopper like. Like these are these are not the actors you want when you're trying to make a kid friendly movie. Oh man, you're so true. Uh, that is so true. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was like uh, this crazy. Um, oh man, I, I I don't even know how to describe what they did. They just ruined movies. Well, I mean, it it, it was 
I, I think part of this does really connect to how significant it was um, a time for just make a bunch of movies. Like just yeah. make. Well, because the other craze that happened in the 90s that was also as bad as taking video games. And I don't know what to call this craze, but it is taking people that are not actors and making them the stars of movies. I'm talking specifically of things like uh, Space Jam. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was one of the good ones. I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, yeah, and I I don't want to rewatch it because maybe it's not like maybe it's really bad. Yeah, but but that was the nineties. Uh, but the, but the, so, like they had a good one in there. But we also had things like um like uh, when when Vanilla Ice was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, The Secret of the Ooze. I don't know if you remember that. You probably don't. You were a little too young. But uh, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that came out in the eighties was awesome. The original one, it still is really good. It gets kind of gritty and dark. The second one was really cheesy and silly, and Vanilla Ice was in it doing Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Rap, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Rap. Ninja, go. Yeah, uh, it was the worst. But they put Vanilla Ice in the movie. Uh, there was also uh, that one where Shaquille O'Neal was a genie. Uh, uh, Kazam? Kazam, yeah, which was like, why are you putting people that should not be in movies in movies? Uh, and then, uh, of course, the best of all of them. And by the best, I mean the worst. Spice World. Oh, man. Spice World. Yeah. The Spice Girls, uh, which was a phenomenon uh, in and of itself in the 90s that ended in a terrible film. Okay. But Spice World at least continues a tradition. Of what? There were there were a lot of the, these these kinds of movies earlier. We had uh, the Monkees did it. The Beatles did it. Elvis did these these sorts of movies as well. Like there were... There, there's this. Okay, history. you're right. You're right. The history of putting a musical group into a film was not in the '90s. I just yeah, wanted to mention and, how bad that movie was, and it it was pretty bad. But that that musical comedy genre was, I think, I mean, it disappeared for a good reason because we learned how to make other films. Yeah, but it, I, it, it was an attempt to kind of re recapture some of that. I feel <laughs> sure, uh, but but still, defend Kazam to me. <laughs> no, I can't. Like the and 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 that's the problem, right? Like when you when you're really just kind of exploring to see all the different kind of things you can do with a genre, you're you're or a medium, you're gonna end up with with things like that. Yeah, and you know, I will excuse things like Wayne Gretzky showing up in uh, in um, uh, the Mighty Ducks two. I will excuse that because it's a hockey movie and he's a hockey guy, and they have him come in for a little cameo. That's great. That that made that movie better, yeah. But 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 Kazam. Well, and Spice World isn't good. Like I'm not defending the movie. I think you're defending it. <laughs> I think you are starting to. I think you're a fan. Uh, I think, and this is going to be embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think Spice Girls is one of the first CDs that I owned. That like I personally, Stephen Orr had purchased. I can't disagree with that as in i'm pretty sure i did too awesome that's awesome mm -hmm. we all oh, we, we so love the spice girls <laughs> we are spice brothers that does not make the movie good no no, but, no it doesn't but i do know all of the spice girls names you know i do it tell me the spice girls names i don't know ginger spice jerry halliwell wait you know their actual names as well <laughs> yeah that's what i just said Get, you know what you, we don't i'll name the spices 
so Ginger Spice was Jerry Halliwell. Posh Spice was no what Victoria. I don't remember what her last name is though, because she's changed it to Beckham. She yeah, she's Victoria Beckham now. And then uh, Sporty Spice was Mel B, which I'm pretty sure was Bunton. Uh, although no, no, take away the Bunton, Mel B. And then uh, no, wait, sorry, Sporty Spice was Mel C. That was Mel Chisholm. Scary Spice was Mel B, and I don't know what the B stood for. And Baby Spice was Emma Bunton. Yeah, Emma B. <laughs> that was amazing. We have to delete this part of the podcast. Uh, we're not deleting anything. No! Okay, so there was another thing that I wanted to mention about the 90s bad movies. Because I'm sure yeah. you have some bad movies you want to bring up. But it ruined one of my favorite movies. It ruined? Okay. One of my favorite films growing up was Tim Burton's Batman. Okay. The first yep. one with, with uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, which was in 1980-something. Yep. And then they had Batman Returns, which was, again, I think in 1989, maybe 90. But then that series continued and ended with Batman and Robin, which was the worst comic book movie ever made. And that says a lot. Yeah. Where George Clooney was Batman. I mean, let me just explain how 90s it was. Alicia Silverstone was Batgirl. <laughs> um, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Was Robin. Arnold Schwarzenegger was Iceman. And Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. Uma Thurman was the only one in that that seemed like a reasonable cast to me. And like, she redeemed the movie it, almost. <laughs> she tried to. She couldn't. Though. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to bring it up because it absolutely ruined one of my favorite movies by being such a terrible film that it's now ruined that whole series of Batmans. Well, and, and that's fair. There's no, there's no redeeming that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So bad movies in the nineties. You got anyone? You, anything you want to add? What have I forgotten here? Well, the thing for me uh, that sticks out in the nineties isn't. I, I mean, I can point to particular films, but it's it's the sequelification uh, that that we really saw in the nineties. Um, so things like so Speed came out in the nineties, but then also Speed Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we had the third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the nineties. And we had the Godzilla remake with Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got the, the beginning of the end of Star Wars, right? And it's just this, this return to older property. And we got the, the Mortal Kombat uh, 2, um, whatever it was called, the sequel that they did in the late 90s as well. So like just a bunch of films that said, we're going to take something wonderful and destroy it. Yeah. Like just bash it against the screen until blood comes out yeah and oh you know i'm sorry i just realized we for, we we have totally forgotten someone what's that speaking of batman and robin and looking back on that series and batman forever we we got to bring this gentleman up because the 90s was definitely his rise and he is i think looked back on fondly by everybody you know who it is yet by everybody well anyone looks back on his comedy and they say Oh, you know what? He, like, the way we look back on Adam Sandler, like, ugh, that was so terrible. But we look back on this gentleman, uh, and we think, this that was good. Who are you thinking of? Jim Carrey. Oh, Jim Carrey. You know, maybe you don't necessarily like his comedy, but you can look back on what he does and say he's he, he was bad. Yeah, and, I mean, he was he was really important for, for me growing up, like, 
whether or not I will admit to liking him now is beside the point. Sure, yeah, beside the point. (laughs) But you, but looking back on him in the '90s and going, no, he was, he was, uh, he, he, he was the, he was a '90s man. Yeah, Ace Ventura, uh, The Mask, yeah, Dumb, Dumb and Dumber, Liar, Liar, and we also got the Truman Show out of him in the '90s. Like he. Mm. And actually, he really nailed the '90s. And the Truman Show is really what hit the phrase. Uh, when I saw Punch Drunk Love, I was like, "Oh, that's Adam Sandler's Truman Show." Like it was the one. Where yeah. It's like this is a comedian taking a step. Uh, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but that came out way later. Way later. But actually, I'm just looking. So I have the list here: so Jim Carrey's movies, and I am shocked. I'm I'm blown away right now because I'm looking at the spread of t- dates. Yeah. And he did Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask, all in the same year. Yeah. Like what? Like he came out of nowhere and all of a sudden did a million movies. And then he did Batman Forever and um and uh, Ace Ventura when Nature Calls in the same year. That and then Liar Liar and so on and so forth. Things come up. Oh, the cable guy. How can we forget the cable guy? He was oh, so cable good. Guy. So good. That was like his best role ever. Playing yeah, a Jim, bad Jim guy. Carrey. Under underrated uh actor. Because we, we we think poorly of him, which is I think too bad. Who thinks poorly of him? Uh well, I mean, you, he's resorted to things like Mr. Popper's penguins and. Oh, okay. So you're talking about yeah, the new Jim Carrey. We all look at it. Yeah. As yeah. Okay. Well, and I I don't even know if that's entirely fair, but it's just I don't I don't think of him as somebody who who was once great, but he really was. He he was he was one of those '90s comedians that made it. And actually, you know what? Looking into the '90s again, were were are all of his good movies. Man on the Moon. Oh yeah, that was the very end of the nineties. Uh, everything short of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind were in the movie. It was in the nineties for him. Hmm. Anyway, I just Crazy. I just had to bring him up. Couldn't forget. Couldn't let him. Couldn't let him be forgotten. Some someone out there is listening, saying, "How have they not brought up Jim Carrey yet? How have they not brought up Jim Carrey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so to move away from terribleness, because we could spend all day on that. Well, I think I bring up Jim Carrey helped us move away. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. So when when you think of great '90s movies, what do you think of? Like, because because oh, you were pointing out that there are some things there that man. that really connect for you. Some of the best movies ever made were from the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to name like uh, just the ones that I immediately th- think of, I think of uh, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Fight Club. Mm-hmm. I think of The Matrix. Yep. And what else? What else? Uh, things that don't immediately come to my mind, but when I started thinking about it after I put out the initial ones, things like The Big Lebowski, um, yeah. Rushmore. Um, that was like the start of Wes Anderson's rise. Uh, oh, the, the Usual Suspects, Shawshank Redemption, Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. Like so many great films that it's like, oh, man, classic cinema. Here's some movies. Oh, uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was a nice yeah. movie. Um, there were a lot of really great movies that we still can look back on and say, like, yep, yeah, these movies are great. Yep. Well, and, I mean, just some that you missed in there. Seven. Oh, yeah, Seven. Totally cool. Yeah. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Being John Malkovich. Ah, yeah, that was 90s. Yeah, yeah. Fargo. Fargo. I never saw Fargo. I know. I know. Don't, don't talk to you me. You haven't seen Don't tell me. I know. I haven't seen it. I'm that guy who hasn't seen Fargo. That really bothers me. Um, it just it continues to bother me throughout this sentence. Uh, <laughs> um, Continue more movies, please. Um, 
Oh, I'm so I'm so put out. <laughs> now I just want to say things like Hook and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Those are all good. Those are all good. Hook and Mrs. They're, Doubtfire. They're good, good, but you know. Yeah, like and, and that's the thing. There are a lot of great films in that that time period that really stick with you. And it's 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 the decade where a lot of the the people who are fantastic filmmakers today got their big start. Like we've already talked about Tarantino and the Coen brothers and who else who else am I thinking of? Well you <laughs> haven't where... said M. Night Shyamalan because he, he's not great, but that was when the Sixth Sense came out and that was great. That Yeah, it was. Um Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, Kevin his, Smith. Yeah. That was his big breath. Mm-hmm. So so I mean and in, in some ways, you know, it, it makes sense that the people who we consider great now got their big start there because, you know, that's quite a while ago, as it turns out. The 90s was, it started 26 years ago. I know. It's, and so it's, uh, it, it was it was an important decade for a lot of us, especially because that's when we were growing up in the, the films that we we fell in love with. Well, and even then, like, so when I was growing up in the 90s, when my parents wanted to show me great movies from when they were my age, mm-hmm. we were now back into like the 50s and 60s where there weren't lots of m- movies that last. Yeah. And so or, or, or even like into like the 70s and stuff like when did Sound of Music come out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you know, when I think of like what was a movie that was like a great movie from my parents past that lasted to the point that when I watched it when I was a kid, I enjoyed it as much as my parents may have. And yeah. I think of things like The Sound of Music, uh, which was like a, a great film then, a great film probably still now. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I'm sure I would get enjoyment out of it or something like Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like a good movie when it came out. It was still good when I was a kid, and I could still watch it today and have a lot of enjoyment watching the film, even though, you know, the quality of the film is old and it feel, like looks old and feels old. But the film itself is still still holds holds up. There weren't very many of them, is what I'm trying to say, when I was a kid that my parents' generation watched when they were growing up and I could still watch. Whereas the 90s, that generation of films a lot of them still hold up really well. Like we we mastered movies, I think. Uh, you, you made that, that reference. So we mastered movies and the, the, the block Hollywood blockbusters. The term blockbuster stopped being about dropping bombs, which is where that term comes from, by the way, um, if you're curious, <laughs> and became about movies dropping bombs on people's brains. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, man. Yeah. And and I think part of that has to do with yes the explosion of cinema and a bit again wow all these these war metaphors but part of it also has to do with the kind of the increasing globalization the the connection between different parts of the world like we don't get Tarantino if Tarantino doesn't have access to films from all around the world definitely yeah so the fact that movies from other parts of the world came to America so Tarantino could become a student of those films. Yeah, well, and and the same thing with with the Coens, uh, same same thing even to an extent with the Wachowskis and that sort of stuff, where we have we have the the cinema minds being influenced by the broader world wow. uh, and people who have charted the way in Italian cinema or or Japanese cinema or uh, or other uh, other different areas. So, so you're talking about that phenomenon that that kind of was was huge in the 90s which was vhs tapes 
The VHS. The movie rentals. Being able to rent a movie and bring it home and watch it was uh, was a huge part of, of uh, the 90s, do you think? <laughs> just a just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a very astute point, my friend. Yeah, well and and it it's it's I think one of the reasons why we have so much great work that starts around around there because people have been able to kind of get access to it. I mean, Tarantino is well known for this, right? Like who worked in a a movie rental place mm-hmm. and just watched everything. Yeah, well, and there's something else I, I gotta I gotta mention, and uh, while we're talking about being able to have access to films, mm-hmm. is that the '90s movie directors was the first generation of directors who grew up watching movies. Yeah. So movie makers from the '60s, when they grew up, the movies they were watching were like black and white, silent films. Yeah, like the, they didn't the, even the train coming towards you. Well, yeah, they didn't even have audio that could play with the video. So like the movies they were making were now we have access to audio and video and we can record it and show it on a big screen. They were they were more influenced by stage plays and things like that, and so it wasn't until uh, the '90s or maybe I'd give it the '80s as well, but but uh, especially in the '90s. Spielberg. When did Spielberg start? Yeah, 80s. 80s. Spielberg started in the 80s. Yeah, yeah started in the 80s. So that would be like when it was the first generation of directors who grew up watching movies. So then we could say the 90s is the first generation of directors who grew up watching movies directed by people who grew up watching movies. <laughs> Just to simplify. <laughs> yeah, very simple. But but I th- but I think you're right that there's something to that. Like it it had become such a big part of of culture that it was it was unignorable and and so you you were in the milieu of cinema and you couldn't escape it and and i think that that's evident in the way that people tried to take films in different directions in the 90s which is why we got terrible video game movies for example but why we also got an exploration of different kinds of comedies we got people telling stories uh, in different ways, trying to evoke different feelings and emotions. Like it wasn't very good, but we got the Blair Witch Project out of the nineties too. We did, right? yeah. You're right. It was a very experimental time in films, which is why we got things like The Matrix and American Beauty. But we also got things like, uh, I mean, the Blair Witch Project. I would say was good. It was a terrifying film for for a yeah. kid in the nineties, uh, to teenager in the nineties, to watch that movie and then go home to your friend's house at night and cry. Like it was terrifying. Um, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a, that's a good, that's a good description of the nineties. Experimental. And it, it left us with just this, these, these great films that, that were important to us because we grew up watching them, but were also important because they were breaking with convention in a very careful and artistic and thoughtful way. And, and that's, that's, I guess what I love uh, about the nineties is just how, raw it is at points but but how thoughtfully raw it could be mm-hmm. okay okay so uh last point last question mm-hmm. last real question i guess because we are kind of getting close to the end here we don't want to go too long on the 90s <laughs> but you never well first you never told me what your what your great films were from the 90s like what were the best movies in the 90s well but like this is the thing for me they're basically the same films as yours I would definitely add Fargo onto the list. Sure, I haven't seen it though, so I can't. I know, I know, I haven't seen it. I know. Shawshank Redemption, one of the one of the more important ones for me. Uh, Toy Story, obviously. 
Um, I would say even even something like the uh, the Thin Red Line by uh, Terrence Malick, oh, which sure. not, not a not a film for you, but a film that I watched at a young age and was very uh, confused and off put by. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, and ti- and I Titanic. Uh, you know, Titanic is is one of those films that uh, I had a I had a buddy who didn't uh, we we saw ourselves as very cool uh, and. And and by cool, and we we meant we didn't like anything that was cool or popular. Yeah. And so we went out of our way not to watch it for many many years, uh, and so never never really got around to seeing Titanic. I know all the iconic parts of it because that's the way pop culture works. But it's it's not a film that I ever even got around to. That is um, not surprising to me, but at the same time, uh, surprising to me because it was the film that. Uh, the first time in my lifetime and i think it took decades or at least more than a decade for anyone to surpass this the fame of titanic as far as cinematic accomplishments go yeah because it was the movie that i knew people who went to see it four or five six times in the theaters uh and we had vhs tapes and they went and saw it over and over and over again and it was the movie that was like sold out for months like I don't think it was beat until Avatar. Yeah. Right. Well, and like the, as somebody the, who loves the medium, I should go see it. Yeah, but like it was beat by Avatar. If I'm, if I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was one other one that beat it. That's probably right. Uh, but again, a James Cameron two in a row. Like whoa. And then I don't even think Avatar got beat by The Force Awakens. Not. Uh, yeah. Not by one whatever metric yeah. it is. There are lots of metrics. But The Force use, Awakens, but... I, I think, just beat Titanic as well. But but like there weren't many movies that did. And yeah. that was that was crazy because that was like a huge film from the '90s. That was like the 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 beginning of that unstoppable film that like you know, Gone with the Wind held until Titanic or something like that. One and that's why I had to be cool, Dave, and not watch it because everyone else is watching it. So what's the point? Yeah, I mean, I went and watched Avatar, and I kind of wish I was too cool and didn't. <laughs> okay, so so let's uh, let's 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 go with this last question, I guess. Okay. Although, first, a little, uh, a little anecdote. Y2K was a thing. <laughs> I forgot and that Y2K was a thing. I remember someone explaining to me why 1999, I think specifically, was a year that had so many great films in it. Um, I don't know if you remember 1999's Oscar lineup. Do you? You're the Oscar guy. Uh, I, I don't remember. Is... Because I feel like 99 is the year that it went to uh, Shakespeare in Love. No, no, that can't be right. American Beauty won it that year. So 1999. American Beauty was 99, okay. American Beauty, Life is Beautiful, Truman Show. Cider House Rules, was that there? Yeah, I think that was some. There was uh, What Dreams May Come. Okay. Um, I can't find the full list of, I'm, I'm having a hard time using the internet today. <laughs> that, that's okay. Yeah, it's just so different. Oh, no, that's when it went to Shakespeare in Love. That is the year. Yeah, it did go to Shakespeare in Love. But other movies that came out in the 90s, 1999. Uh, that's the main question here. 1999 okay. movies. A friend of mine was telling me that, uh, this is the anecdote, that because everyone was afraid of uh, Y2K hmm. and the world was going to end in the year 2000, people decided to take a whole bunch of risks in cinema, cinema making. <laughs> Now, whether that's true or not, 
is beyond the point. But the point is that in the year 1999, some of the films that came out were The Matrix, Fight Club, American Beauty, The Sixth Sense, Being John Malkovich. What else was in the 99? I had a list here. The Blair Witch Project. Um, that was also, I mean, American Pie, but I don't think that... Dogma? I don't think American Pie belongs on that list. But Dogma came out in that year as well. But like a lot of incredibly great films. And even mm-hmm. just looking at this right now... Uh, galaxy quest ghost dog way of the samurai man boondock saints came out like like 1999 was a great year for movies just like and a lot of big big risk-taking movies like fight club and the matrix and american beauty movies that kind of like took a took took film in a different direction a little and so the 90s 1999 was an incredible year for movies as were the 90s so I just wanted to tell that anecdote about Y2K because I think it's hilarious that we were all afraid computers were going to die. What's your favorite 90s movie? Go. My favorite 90s movie? And why? I am going to have to say part of my brain just wants to pick a Will Smith movie from the 90s because we haven't talked about him and I love Will Smith. But I will say... You know what? I'm I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go with the the cliche because it was there, there there were two really important movies in the 90s for me. One of them was Girl Interrupted, which uh I loved and and we don't have to talk about it much. You mean 1999 uh, Girl Interrupted? Yeah, 1999 Girl Interrupted with uh with Angelina Jolie, Winona Ryder, and Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm going to just go with the 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 pick. I'm going to say Fight Club. Ah, Fight Club. Yeah, you just took my pick. But that's okay. And it's hard not to, right? Like that movie, it, it played with the fact that it was a film. It played with uh, being an adaptation. It was well acted. It was well written. It was well directed. All parts of the movie came together. And... Yes, it connected to me as a young teenager in a way that totally it was meant to. <laughs> like it yeah. it hit every 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 peg that it was supposed to. Yeah, definitely. It's the uh it's the you are the living breathing scum of the universe. Yep. That was a that's that's a good pick. That was my pick too. Well, and like the thing is even as I've gotten a older and b more philosophical and the movie has kind of I've moved away from it intellectually in the way that it connected to me when I was a younger man, it I still recognize all the great parts of it, which is I think what makes it such a great film. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm able to say I don't like it as much as I did, but I still am able to see its great qualities. Mhm. As opposed to Super Mario, which I, I did actually love, but was a terrible film. Uh, yeah. And I no longer love. So Yeah. Okay. Well, since you took my Fight Club pick, uh, and I can't choose it now, I'm going to just have fun with this one then. And pick one that's clearly not my favorite movie. <laughs> but a movie I would just like to draw attention to as being such a great film. Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park was a huge movie in the 90s. And the first one was actually incredibly good. And every movie since then in the Jurassic Park world has just been reaching for that height uh, of that original Jurassic Park movie and all not succeeding, including the new one, Jurassic World, especially the new one, Jurassic World. But Jurassic Park was such a great film. And the, the I remember watching it in the theaters 
with uh, some friends, like kid friends, like one of the first movies we got to go see by ourselves. And being terrified of how real the dinosaurs looked and being uh, un, un, almost in disbelief that special effects had gotten that good. And it was like this moment of they'll never make special effects that are better than these dinosaurs. Like <laughs> me as a teenager thinking that. And I think I'm, I'm, I, I think it still holds up to that standard. <laughs> when I watch Jurassic Park, it, that could be a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah no it's that that's one of those films that also plays with uh plays with the 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 medium in such a fun way and is able to deliver uh exactly on the promise yeah oh it was it was such a great film i mean not my favorite movie in the 90s but definitely a worthwhile movie of the 90s that that deserves a mention that we didn't give it much time and i mean gosh i also want to talk about the usual suspects but don't have time don't have time yeah, usual suspects. Like, if we wanted to talk about the, I think the first movie that I saw, quote unquote, alone in the theater, it would have been City of Angels, oh. <laughs> which is ninety eight. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> this explains so much about you. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. So you know, I my my entire my entire life can probably be explained by the these movies that i've watched <laughs> yeah and you know i mean like we, we we should do an entire podcast just about goodfellas because it was a 90s movie although i always see it as a little bit before the 90s because i think it was like 99 1990 i think yeah but it was technically in the 90s but we we could do an entire podcast about how great that film is but we're not going to because that's not what this podcast is and i think we'll probably do something on scorsese though score who's he um, yeah, so, um, uh, any last things to say about the nineties? The, the uh, only thing I have to say, the only thing I have to say about the nineties to, to sum up is I think it was, it was a time when cinema went, went for the greatest and worst movies at the exact same time, just to try and figure out what this whole Hollywood blockbuster concept is about. And I think part of me might, and I'm going to recognize this about myself, that I was a teenager in the 90s, and so my tastes were being developed in the 90s. So that may explain why it happens to have the best and worst movies, and it happens to be the decade I was a teenager in, may point to my nostalgia and uh, bias. But I, uh, I think I could form some logical defensive arguments about how great and terrible the 90s were. I, I, think, that, I think that that's absolutely right. And the... The the question for me is how how willing we are going to see uh, not just directors and writers but studios to take the kind of risks that they took in the nineties that or it seems like they took in the nineties to just play with the format and the medium because like anything that that is a huge business it it's it becomes about you know profit and money and not about the the trying to just explore film in different ways and. And I, I guess I kind of miss that yeah. that feeling. And and I don't know whether that's a false nostalgia in that, A, that that was never there, or B, that's still around and I just don't pay attention to it because I'm not a teenager and I don't have infinite free time anymore to kind of dedicate to the, those kind of uh, explorations. But it's something that I do miss about the version of the 90s that I have in my head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, there are still those kind of directors around. Like, I mean... I mean, it's 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 not a mistake that Tarantino and Wes Anderson both got started in the '90s uh, and continue to be the kind of directors that take risks and do new things. Uh, but nowadays, we do have what's his name that made the Batman movies that everyone else seems to like, and I I don't think I've 
I think I've only ever liked The Prestige. What's his name? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, right? We got we have Christopher Nolan out there. <laughs> Which apparently apparently he's great. <laughs> well, <laughs> with that ringing endorsement, I think we'll bring this episode to a close. Party on, Steve. Party on, Garth. Thank you.